I'm Leslie Torres. And I'm Bronna Marks. And together we co-host West Coast Mix and Bounce. For all things West Coast NBA. That's right. We cover the Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, and yes, the Kings and the Suns. When there's something good to talk about. We have a new and fun episode every two weeks where we break down the craziest headlines in the NBA that pertain to the West Coast teams. We are such a niche podcast that you won't find anywhere else. I mean, two girls with experience in the field talking West Coast basketball. Um, yeah, you want to listen. This is West Coast Mix and Bounce brought to you by LAFB Network. Welcome back to West Coast Mix and Bounce. Um, The playoffs are underway, and today we have a good episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about the Suns and their incredible 8-0 run in the bubble. And then we're also going to talk about um, Lakers-Blazers playoffs, and that also includes the Clippers and the Mavericks. So, Brana, did you at least get a glimpse at one of the eight games that the Suns played um, during the last few weeks? Okay, sadly, no. (laughs) No! (laughs) Surprisingly, which sucks, uh, because, I mean, I saw a numerous amount of highlights, and, of course, the famous Devin Booker meme with him falling on the ground after um, (laughs) shooting that buzzer beater and winning that game. So it just to see just glimpses of how the Suns were playing in the bubble was, I mean, it, it gives me so much hope for next year. I'm like, okay, maybe their young core is actually like on the same page. And as long as, you know, they keep Devin Booker, uh, DeAndre Ayton and, and Ricky Rubio, that's kind of like their big three per se. Yes. So... Yeah, I feel like the structure there is like, whoa, it's like they just kind of flipped the script overnight. Yeah, like it was not easy at all. I was going, I saw a couple of them because I was bored and there's nothing else to do at home. <laughs> so I did watch a couple of them and it wasn't as easy as, you know, like, oh, an eight run might seem. They played against the Mavericks. They played against the Clippers, the Heat, the Thunder, 76ers. And they didn't lose not once. And, like, most of the teams they played against are currently in the playoffs. So I was mm-hmm. very 30, thoroughly impressed, especially with Devin Booker. I mean, like you said, he was everywhere. Um, I think he was, like, the player of the game for every single game. Maybe in one, Aiden kind of um, got the best of him. But, I mean, it was impressive, very impressive. In the last eight games... He averaged 30.5 points, 6 assists, 4.9 rebounds, and then 50% from the field. So it's like he didn't miss as much, and he was just so incredible in the last eight games. It was surreal to watch. Yeah, and you know, this is not surprising for Devin Booker, right? We've seen him play some amazing Mm -hmm. games, you know, score really, really incredible points, break records, all kinds of stuff. So this is not new for him, but to see his team actually rally behind him in a way that they were, like you said, able to beat a lot of teams that are currently in the playoffs right now. Uh, sadly, they didn't have enough help as far as other teams losing for them to actually get into the playoffs. But man, I feel like they may, at least the first round, I feel like they could have 
gone to like a seven game series because they just seem so gritty. They almost remind me of, you know, the Clippers a little bit, but right before they got uh, Kawhi and, and PG, that grittiness, that youngness, that that energy, it's really unmatchable. And like you said, he he was averaging 35 plus points. I mean, he had 35 points three games in a row and to do that is exhausting (laughs) you know yeah that means you have to be really really into each game you know at a hundred percent for you to be scoring like that 50 percent averaging from from um the the field is just like wow kid okay we see you we hear you the thing that was disappointing though to me was that he didn't get bubble MVP, which I didn't even know was a thing (laughs) until Dame won it. And I was like, okay, we all know Dame is cool, Dame time, yada, yada, yada. But give it to the young guy. You know he's out here really showing off. Just because they didn't go, they didn't get to the playoffs doesn't mean that he's wasn't worthy of some some gloating recognition. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm pretty sure Booker would have been like, I don't really care about bubble MVP if it's not going to be a championship, but that's besides a whole other point. Um, but to go back to your like your whole point about um, team chemistry and how they just kind of are trusting one another and they kind of like flip the switch, I totally agree. And I think that also has a lot to do with um, their coach, Monty Williams. He's proven yeah. to be like a really great coach and the team likes him and they trust him. So, I mean, when you have that combination where you have a coach that can come in, tell you what to do. You respect his opinion. You respect what he has to say, and then you guys go out there and win. That that's where I think makes a difference. And you can tell that as a whole team, they've kind of been able to get together and put their trust not only on their coach, not only on Booker, but on every single member of that squad. Because even like Rubio stepped up, you said Aiden stepped up. There was so many people. Their bench. I was like, okay, like, where did this come from? But obviously, it all comes back from to Devin Booker. Yeah, definitely. No, he is the core, the core piece to their team. And oh my gosh, I'm just forgetting who is it. I think it was um, so one of the players had said like he needs to get out of Phoenix or something like that. Mm. Do you remember hearing that? Who was that that said that? His like his his face is like in my head, but I can't remember his name for some reason. Um, but anyways, yeah. So one of the players were saying that he he should be on another team, and he got uh, fined for tampering, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I don't think that's true. You know, I think that they actually really do have a good structure. It's that whole idea, like, oh, you have a big superstar. They shouldn't be on some, you know, small franchise team. But, I mean, you look at somebody like Giannis, who everybody was like, oh, he need, he doesn't need to be in Milwaukee. I mean, now look at them. Yeah. I you know think what I'm that, saying? So, I think that just, was Draymond Green. That's who it was. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't know why I couldn't get his name into my head. Thank <laughs> don't worry. You. Google help me. <laughs> yes, Draymond Green always opening his mouth to say something. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Google. But, yeah, so I, I think that the Sun, as long as they keep that team, and like you said, Monty Williams, he's also a young coach. He's only mm-hmm. 48, so he probably connects with those guys on, on a much deeper level than, you know, somebody, I don't know, somebody who's, like, top of his age. Uh, for just for example so it's kind of like they have their own little young core family going on and I'm really excited to see 
how they return next season. Yeah, I don't. I think if they can go at least a little bit further than they've done, Booker is not going to go anywhere because what they have going on at least for now is working, and they're kind of seeing that happen. So maybe they'd be like, let's test it out for a few more seasons. Let's see what happens before any drastic yeah. thing happens that Booker leaves the Suns. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, so the Suns are doing well. As, like we said, sadly, they are not in the playoffs, but <laughs> our two LA teams are. Yep. And man, I I don't know. It looks rough. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like dreading this segment. Right now? <laughs> I'm dreading it. It's not great, Brana. It's not great at all. Um, no. So <laughs> they lost to the Blazers 100 to 93. And so the Blazers now have a lead in the series. But, I mean, the whole point of that first game was their horrible shooting. And when I mean horrible, it was horrible. I went to go look so at bad. the stats. They shot 15% from three. One five. Yeah. 15. Oh, my goodness. I, I, don't, I don't know if I've ever seen that low of a number, like, ever. Like, I don't yeah. even let my phone battery get to 15%. Like, what? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, that was, was it? It was unacceptable. Five, they were five of thirty-two. I wrote it down somewhere, and I can't find it. I'm pretty sure that's what it uh, was. They suck. Yeah, <laughs> five of thirty-two from the three-point range, and that's that's all I kept hearing. Like you know, hearing people talk about it, hearing the sportscasters uh, break down the game. All I kept hearing was that, and the fifteen percent they can't shoot the three, and it was just like, oh my god. And on the flip side. They had 50 points in the paint. Yes. And how does that happen? only had like 20 something in the paint. And it's just like, okay, yes, for the layups and the aggression, like under the basket, but we need shooters. Hello? Yes. (laughs) I'm like, it's 15% is unacceptable, period. But then when you're going against the Blazers and Damian Lillard, who likes to pull up from the logo, uh, Mm. no, that's not going to cut it. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah, I totally agree with you. They are definitely going to have to. I'm. I'm hoping they're just watching the tape over and over and over <laughs> and over again, because they really need to balance their game. Yeah. And yes, when you have guys like AD and LeBron and uh, Dwight Howard, these big guys who who love to get in the paint, get aggressive, get under the basket. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, you have to adjust to whatever team you're, you're playing. And Portland, being shooters, you have to react, at least in a similar way, especially if you know that they're gonna be shooting from three or the logo, like you said. Yeah. Uh, and those guys that need to step up, those shooters are, are people like, um, you know, uh, Green, Danny Green, and who else is a big shooter for them? KCP should be. Dion Waiters should be. I mean, Jared Smith, yeah. Quinn Cook too, but they they were not played. Maybe this next game they'll have a chance. But they're supposed to technically have shooters, and they're not shooting. <laughs> it's the problem. They're not. They're not. And Kuzma, Kuz, he had 14 points. Um, two rebounds, but zero assists. That was another thing I saw. Mm-hmm. These facilitators, like these guards, Kuz and Green, these, you know, they're, they're in the starting lineup. They're supposed to bring the heat. They're supposed to bring that spark. Yep. Even coming out in the first quarter, you could tell that it was uneven playing field. Yeah. They got outscored 36 to 25 
off rip. They just looked a mess from the beginning. And again, Green also had zero assists. But then on the flip, you have LeBron. He had 16 assists. And it's just like, he can't do everything. Yeah. <laughs> he can't, you know, be the shooter, be the assister, be the... He had 17 rebounds, too. I'm like, man, like, the the power ultimatum needs to be spread out more. And it's just like, we know they can do it. We, yeah. We've seen them facilitate a good game and play evenly and play balance. But, man, they just came out and it just looked... It was not pretty. Not pretty. <laughs> yeah. I think in today's game, we will see if how, like you said, are they going to be able to adapt? LeBron can't do everything. Will AD step up and be a little bit more aggressive? He was fine. It's like everybody was just fine. It wasn't like totally bad. The only thing that was really, really bad was the three-point shooting. Like you, like you mentioned, they dominated in the paint. They had more assists than the Blazers. They had more steals. They had less turnovers. So technically on paper, this would have been like an easy game for them to win. It was that mm-hmm. shooting that just killed it for them. And like you said, Kuzma needs to step up a little bit. AD should have been a little bit more aggressive because LeBron can't do everything. And then the shooters have to make their basket. Like, period. That's what you're getting paid for. Figure it out. Then, I don't know, get in a mode, get in a mood. Do something. But those baskets need to go inside. Because if if your three-point shooting is going to suck, I don't know how you're going to go on for the rest of the playoffs. And this is just the Blazers. If you keep exactly. going, you keep going, you're going to meet more and more people and more and more players who are going to be able to shoot from anywhere because it's mm-hmm. the playoffs and because that's what they do. So I just think like they need to get it together. Yeah, definitely. I think this was a wake-up a wake up call for sure, mm-hmm. if anything. And, I mean, power to the Blazers because <laughs> they are playing very well. Uh, but... As a Lakers fan, and as a lot of Lakers fans, as LeBron fans, Kobe fans, like we're just like, okay, but y'all need to just take this back seat so we can get this chip, <laughs> please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like yes, they're playing amazing. All all the kudos to them, but the Lakers really do. They they have a lot of expectations on their back right now, and they for them to be the team that I feel like America wants them to be, they're really gonna have to flip it around and like you said on paper it really wasn't that bad but it's just that balance that they Mm -hmm. that they just completely lost out on they completely just missed the mark with the balance between shooting and being in the paint um and just facilitating in general like they need to move the ball around lebron can't he shouldn't be playing guard yeah we we know that lebron can play guard whatever whatever Mm -hmm. but these roles need to be strictly determined so that they don't go out on the court again and look like a A complete mess mess against the Portland Trailblazers. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, offensively, okay. But also, you know, you have to guard Damian Lillard. If there wasn't, um, if it wasn't Caruso or if it wasn't somebody um, that's very, like, well defensively, they got to that pick and roll, and then they just let Lillard shoot. And I'm just like, they're gonna, they're doing the same play over and over and over again. And I'm like, and I can yep. see it from here. How you guys are, how are you guys not watching it from there? So this is like telling you guys something. You better be prepared for it on today's game. If I honestly, I feel like if I watch it one more time, I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Seriously, it was it was nauseating to watch. I was like, "Oh my god, this is painful. I gotta look better than this." It's like their defense wasn't horrible, but it could have been better because if I if I see that same play three or four times, are you guys watching the same thing I'm watching? Maybe I'm just a little bit more critical because it is my team, it is my squad, and I want them to like play out to perfection, which I know is like impossible, but. I mean, they need to get it together for game two today. That's it. That's my last yeah. thought. <laughs> nah, but by all means, I, I'm right there, right there with you. America <laughs> wants it. <laughs> we all want to see it exactly. happen. I mean, not all we of need... us, but a good portion of us want it. And then on top of that, just to add the little cherry on top of this Lakers segment that we're talking about, oh, you know, know, they haven't been to the playoffs in seven years, right? Feels so like a hundred. <laughs> I know, right? It's been like eighty-five years <laughs> um, since the Lakers have made a playoff game. <laughs> so it's like they do look like an amateur playoff team. That's exactly what they look like. It's like you have to be quick to adjust because if you can't adjust, uh, and they're playing these games almost back to back, you know, they're in the same environment they're not going anywhere they're not traveling they're in their heads all the time Mm -hmm. so it's like if you can't get out of your head in the game you sitting inside the bubble in orlando is not really going to help you meditate on the fact that that you know you just need to adjust period you just need to adjust yeah so but enough bashing the lakers we could we could bash the clippers now (laughs) (laughs) next roll call just kidding (laughs) Exactly. Well, Who's the next. Well, the Clippers <laughs> weren't that bad, you know. Game one versus mm-hmm. the Mavericks. They kind of, for me, kind of went as expected. You know, the the Clippers beat the Mavs one eighteen to one ten. The Clippers were better than the Mavs. They won like, like what you expected to happen for a, a second seed versus a seventh. No, yeah, seventh seed. You know what happened? Kawhi and Paul George played well as expected. First game, I think um, Kawhi had 29 points, 12 rebounds. Lou Williams played again, so his presence was definitely like, felt. He finished with 14 points. And from the Mavericks side, you had like Luka Doncic with 42 points. So he was like trying, you know, rallying, trying to get the team together. But the better team won, the Clippers. Game two, now that's a whole ass different story. Whoa, for real. <laughs> I... I I mean, it really speaks true to the Clippers because since they got their whole, uh, you know, big two together, Kawhi and PG, we've always said that they have been inconsistent with Mm -hmm. their wins and losses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They could be great one day, look fantastic, like they're a championship team, and then the next day they could look like they all got their head in the clouds. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, And that's exactly what happened. And also, just to rewind back just a little bit, even in the seeding games, they had they were up and down with the wins and losses too. They got blown out some got some games. They were losing to close games. They went into overtime versus the Thunder. It was just kind of like a how what? I mean, I mean, I guess you could say like it's a marathon, it's not a race, whatever. But they in the second game there were six players on the Mavs that had 15 plus points. That means you're not playing defense. Mm-hmm. And aren't y'all supposed to be a defensive team? Let's, let's ask <laughs> so, Pat. <laughs> it's like they just 
kind of took a break and we're like, ah, oh, we're not yes. friends today. <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like because it was like, like we mentioned, Clippers inconsistent. Like this is the prime example of like of them in their inconsistency when, and it could probably hurt them in the long run if they go to game like you know game seven, and they're just been playing for so long. But mm -hmm. um, the Mavericks led the whole game, even though the Clippers tried to kind of like get in, like make a cute run or something. Like the Mavs shut them down, and like you mentioned, like where was the defense? They claim to be such a defensive team and defense first, and you know you have players like Patrick Beverly, who's always being like you know a nuisance and trying to get into people's head, and it's like I did not see any of that, and I was like kind of shocked because I was like dang at least one LA team has to be better and I was like okay the Clippers are and now it's just like well not even the Clippers because their inconsistency has shown up again and it's a lot of credit to the Mavericks who were able to play the game how they wanted to and they were basically running the show the whole four quarters even when the Clippers try to make runs It was like, no, 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 we, we got this. And they'll move it back and sway the game back to their way. And like you mentioned, the Mavs bench stepped up. They had so many points. They were there. When Lucas sat down, you were like, oh, well, maybe they're going to dip. No. Did not happen. I think at one point, the Mavs led um, by 18 points with less than five minutes to go in the game. So And Luca was sitting. So it just kind of goes back to that trusting that they have going on they have to like trust one another and i feel like teams that do who they trust their bench they trust the players kind of make these runs and win games yeah for sure and um definitely totally agree and then like you said patrick beverly as much as we like to bash him and, and call him a nuisance which he is because i just remember watching game one and he had played like 11 minutes and had like five fouls and mm -hmm. zero points and i was like what are you doing my guy <laughs> um it was so, a total compliment it was nothing it was a compliment <laughs> yeah but that's him you know yeah. he really is a nuisance on the court and that presence was definitely missed in game mm -hmm. two because he was out with a with a slight injury Um, and that that aggression on defense was missing. And that's how I feel like the game got so out of hand. Yes, they're a defensive team, but if they don't have that that center point, I feel like, and Patrick Beverly, that aggression, mm -hmm. you know, getting Porzingis get kicked out the game and Luca got into an argument with him and, you know, all this stuff, that attitude as much as we like to downplay it it really does change the energy of the game it does. um and somebody else on the clippers is gonna have to kind of replace that aggression on defense because when they're missing that piece it's like they all like just fall apart mm -hmm. it's like <laughs> you know it's like complete chaos and it's just like this team went from like like i said championship looking image to just completely head in the clouds so yeah they're on the other side of la they're they also need to find their consistency and their balance as well i, I don't want to blame the bubble i don't want to blame what's happening because they've had time to kind of come to terms that they're going to be playing again but i don't know i i wonder if they would have been the same had there not been this long break i wonder what it would be like But this is the situation we're in now, and they need to get it together quick. 
and the team who gets it together the quickest will be the winner, basically. Because even the Bucks, I know we're like on the West Coast and they're like on the East Side, but even the Bucks lost. So there's yeah. there's something in the air in Florida right now. That's no, what I'm feeling. <laughs> no, I definitely believe that the bubble play has given a different motivation for some teams mm-hmm. um, because they're not traveling, because... It, on you know, on oh, one yeah. side, because you're not traveling, you get to rest, yada yada, and sometimes like it blocks that whole mental break kind of thing. But some teams are using that to their advantage, like you said. This I think this is like the first time when the bottom seed beat the one seed since I think like 2002 or 2003 or something like that. So oh, this is yeah. a very unusual circumstance where you see these number one teams they don't look as good Mm -hmm. (laughs) versus the competition but like i said those teams that are the underdogs they have more energy you know it's it's not a home versus away kind of feel it's a very neutral court uh the refs are also being awkward i i (laughs) believe because there's a lacking crowd so they don't feel pressure so they're just calling whatever they want to (laughs) call which also changes the energy of the game totally yeah i think Uh. it was definitely affected on the first lakers game i was i felt like the game was going on forever but it was because the refs have been making more and more calls and Mm -hmm. i agree with you i don't know if it's the bubble and they're just like eh, i don't have fans that are gonna scream at me or it could be like the opposite. There's less noise, so they're able to either hear more or see more. Or I don't. How would the noise affect your vision? I don't know, but <laughs> I think it should. You know, when you're driving and then you just like, I need to concentrate, and you put the you put the, the volume down. down. Yeah, like yeah. somehow you're gonna see better. I feel like that's what's probably happening with the refs. <laughs> they're yeah. like, I can see. <laughs> no, for real, the sensory. I I rest uh, intramural in college, and I really do believe. You know, when it's a smaller crowd, you have more uh, ability to concentrate on what's going on in front of you instead of what's going on around you, trying to filter out everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are being very, I don't i don't know if I want to say nitpicky or, I don't, it's just different. It's yeah. just different. It's different. <laughs> the atmosphere is just different. So it's, it's definitely causing things to play out different. And I think because of that, we may see some early um, upsets in these in this first round. I think, I mean, <laughs> I want to say I think so too, but I want to speak it into existence. <laughs> I know, I know too. <laughs> but too. yeah, I agree. Like, it's a whole different environment and they're in the bubble. It's either going to work for some and not work for others. And you have to be the player or the team to decide Am I going to, like, buckle under this and, like, hold on and bring it to a championship? Or am I just going to, like, crumble and fall and let, like, all the outside stuff kind of affect our playing game? So it's tough. I, I don't really... Yeah, it is. And we may ha- we may see more seven full seven-game series because of that, that that kind of buckle between teams. It's It's more... It's definitely more competitive. I mean, just on paper every team is scoring more than they usually score in a regular season. I mean, we're seeing 115 Mm -hmm. plus games, 120 plus games, 130. So they don't usually score. Teams don't usually score like this. (laughs) So the competitiveness and the energy is just, 
like like we've agreed, it's just different. So I'm excited, honestly, to see what happens. Um, I'm fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything crossed that the Lakers could pull off at least get to the second round. Yes, I want to see those Mamba jerseys. I know, I want to see the all black. I'm ready. (laughs) ready Uh, So, yeah, but it's just... It's nerve-wracking. I'm nervous. (laughs) Yeah, I think my anxiety is definitely going to, like, shoot up by a lot (laughs) for the next few weeks until... Because, I mean, every game so far has kind of been, like you mentioned, exciting, close. They either do some runs here, some runs there. They give up towards the end. But for for the most part, the games are pretty close. Like, I was watching the Rockets right now in the um, OKC playing. They had, like, a close game up to the last four minutes of the game. So it was, like intense you can tell the teams are hungry they're ready for it it's just some are more ready than the others and the readiest team i don't even know if that's a word is gonna win (laughs) true true and and just to piggyback off that i'm watching the milwaukee orlando game right now and milwaukee is up uh 20 points shut up (laughs) and they got blown out the last game so like we said, it's it's gonna be a ride. Oh, I'm just like, I think I think um Orlando's missing some other players too. But I mean, it's the Bucks. You kind of assume that's how it's gonna go. Yeah, exactly, wow. exactly. So. Not watching that one. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, guys. Well, thanks for sticking with us through all these differences and unpredicted circumstances and everything <laughs> that's going on. Um, we're hoping that you're with us to along for this roller coaster ride, and we will catch you on our next episode. I'm Bronna Marks, and I'm with Leslie Torres. You guys, catch you later. Bye. Thank you. Bye.